You are now listening to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators come to learn how to sell more of their online courses. Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast, the place where course creators go to sell more of their online courses. I am super excited because we have a very special guest with us this week, all the way from the USA, and she's talking about a very important topic. A lot of the, the guests on here is all about, hey, how to create the perfect course or you know how to sell your course or how to market it, how to use email, Facebook ads, yada, yada, yada. This person does something a little bit different. She helps you to choose the right online business coach or mentor, which in my opinion is super important because you know, every second idiot on my Facebook feed is apparently a, a business coach these days. I think the, the only qualification you need to be a mentor is to write it on your Instagram bio. So, and don't get me wrong, I love mentors, I love business coaches, but it's just so important that we, we do some checking beforehand. And that's what this person specializes in. So if you want to hire a business coach, but you don't know where to start, or you know, you've hired a business coach in the past, but you have nothing to show for it, or you're, you're thinking about hiring a business coach, this is the person you want to speak to. So without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Ms. Meg Kelly. Meg, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. And I'm really excited to share this information with everyone. I think it is extremely beneficial, especially if you are thinking about paying someone over $50 for a coaching program, package, membership, mentorship. If you're ready to spend $50 or more, you need decision-making tools before you do that. And most packages cost way more than $50. Yes. I, I wish I met you 10 years ago, Meg. I was, we were chatting before we hit record and I was telling Meg I've hired more than a handful of coaches that, that um, I shouldn't have. And I've spent more than, th- uh, I've spent thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of dollars on, on coaches and programs that, you know, if I'd done some sim- simple checking beforehand, I wouldn't have. So that's why I'm so passionate about this and I'm, I'm happy. To ha- I'm so excited to have you on, Meg. Just before we get started, I like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up? Have you got one for us? Yes, I do. And it's that indecision is one of the worst feelings, but doing the right thing for you can and should feel very easy. Yes, love it. Expand a little bit on that for me, Meg. What does that mean to you? And why is it so important? This is so important because so many of us have a desire to transform in our businesses, and in our personal lives. And what that really boils down to is a desire to create freedom for ourselves and for others. However, when we are faced with a multitude of choices, that can be very paralyzing, especially if you're an overthinker, if you overanalyze everything. Um, And just being presented with so much information is overwhelming there is a lot of second guessing that happens and we wonder, am I really making the right choice? So we're sold to, right? By people who are excellent at sales. We make a choice that we think is right and we're going to stand behind it a hundred percent. I picked the coach, I'm doing this and I'm going to transform no matter what. And what happens is that we stop attending the calls. We stop doing the homework. We stop doing the work. 
yet the drafts continue to come out of our bank account every other week since we signed up for the payment plan. And now we start to think, hold on, is there something wrong with me? Um, am I a bad learner? Am I stupid? Can I just not commit to things? There must be something wrong with me. When in reality, there is nothing wrong with you. If you have decision-making tools and you can weigh your options properly and you can really analyze before you whip out the credit card, you save yourself a world of trouble and the right decision becomes very clear and you can hire that person with confidence. So I wanna help people avoid that feeling of indecision. I wanna help people hire the right coach the first time and maybe stick with that person as their business and personal life evolves and personal goals evolve. Yes, love it. Okay, well, hey, let's get into it, Meg. I mean, where do we start? I mean, I guess let's say someone's listening to this and they're like, all right, you know, I'm not selling as much courses as I'd like to sell or yeah, my business isn't going as well as it needs to go. So, you know, I'm seeing all these ads all, all over the place, all these business coaches, all these programs. Where does someone like that start? What's, what's the first thing they should do if they know they, they're looking to invest in a, in a program, but that's all they know. They don't know who, they don't know where, they just know they need some help in selling their courses. Where do we start? Absolutely. So you definitely want to start by getting those critical analysis wheels turning. A lot of us have been out of school for quite some time and we've forgotten how to be students and we're not looking at things critically. We have this desperation for transformation. So step number one is to remember that the transformation will come if you stick to it, but there's no rush. Just because the package that you're looking at, that coach is closing the door today and you have to get in, otherwise, otherwise what? Otherwise you fail, otherwise you won't transform. No, otherwise you'll find another coach. Mm -hmm. So it's important to start thinking about what's really important, starting with your goal. What do you hope to accomplish? So I'm actually going to dive into something right now that I like to call Decisions 101. And before we go into that, I want to discuss a little bit about why people are looking for online course creators and online coaches and mentors. Most people are not happy in their current line of work. And they know that everything is shifting to the online realm. Even if you have a brick and mortar business, Instagram is pretty much your resume. People want to come there and interact with you, engage with you. Even if you're a mom and pop, a hippie store, let's say, you could have a course about energy work. It is a second stream of income for so many individuals and businesses. Now, let's say that things are going pretty well for you, but you're ready to hit the next level and you are thinking about investing in a coaching package or program to help your business go next level. Uh, it's really important to hire the right person that can make or break the experience. And studies show that if you hire the wrong coach or mentor, it can take up to two years to try again, to have the confidence to try again. So it takes a lot of grit and determination to 
make that second attempt if you've essentially wasted your money. Now, there are some people who will say, there's no such thing as a wrong decision. I've learned from everything. And as great as that is, I'm not interested in spending $1,000 or $2,000 or $8,000 just to learn a lesson. Okay? You can learn lessons for free. You don't have to spend $8,000 to learn a lesson the hard way. If I'm going to invest that kind of money into myself or my business, then I want the transformation that I signed up for. I want more clients. I want more sales. I want to understand how to use funnels effectively and actually use them effectively and notice an increase in my revenue, right? That's the goal. That is why most people are buying online courses. Educational content is the thing that people are consuming most on the internet in general. Uh, And yeah, there's funny stuff and there's a bunch of other stuff that people consume online, but people are paying for educational content and it's so much cheaper than going back to college to do this, right? So it's important to speak to someone like myself who can kind of guide you through the process. Now, I'm not here to tell you which person to pick. I'm not going to give you a list and say, oh, you're going to be a perfect match for X, Y, and Z. I don't know you that well or at all. Um, However, I can provide you with the tools that you need to develop the set of criteria that are important to you. And I also want you to remember that you're the one with the credit card or the debit card. You're the one doing the hiring not the other way around. It's not that there's a salesperson out there who is just casting their lure and oop, they caught you and now you're in their program. But unfortunately, that is what happens because it's not the best coach who gets the clients. It's the best coach at sales. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they are the right person for you. So that being said, I want to dive into these important decision-making questions. Jonah, do you have any questions for me before I start that conversation? No, I think think that's good. I think I'm excited to get into it. Awesome. Great. Oh, actually, no, I'll give give one just to summarize. So was the first one sort of what's your goal? Let's let's get what our, our clear goal is first, or is that coming up now? Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. That's coming up now. I'm going to do a little bit of a recap, but yes, that is point number one, identify your goal. Mm. And it's not just, oh, my goal is that I want to make a million dollars. Okay. Also talking about goal setting, we hear a lot about smart goals which are measurable, actionable, they have a timeline, and they're very specific. For example, I would like to lose 14 pounds in the next 20 weeks. That would be a smart goal. Those goals don't work well for everyone. 
Those goals work well for people who are very type A and who like to track every little detail of everything. I would say maybe 20 to 30% of people do very, very well with SMART goals. And other people get really excited at the beginning and then lose momentum and start to experience feelings of shame or guilt. Like, why can't I just finish something that I start? So it's okay to have loose goals initially because by asking myself, what is my goal? I'm really saying, what do I want to accomplish next? And as you evolve personally and as your business grows, you'll want to ask yourself this question quarterly and also yearly. What do I want to accomplish next? Mm -hmm. We're always raising the bar for ourselves. We could say, okay, I've mastered uh, putting together the videos and audio and slides for my course. My Facebook group is there, it's on point, it's active, but I really wanna get better at X, Y, Z. That leads me to the second element of decision-making. Also, I should say, if you research this, there is a bajillion different answers and responses if you type decision-making into Google. It's pretty hard to sift through everything. And before I continue, I just wanna let you know that throughout my college career, I studied critical analysis. I'm a researcher and I'm a critical analyst. And I have my master's degree in literature and critical analysis. And so that's how I'm able to sift through all of this information and pull out the really good stuff that you need and explain it. So number one, identify your goal and ask yourself, what do I need to accomplish? What do I want to accomplish? The second element of excellent decision-making is to do your research. You have to research. What do you need more information about? Now what happens often online is that there's these coaches out there and they're saying to you, if it feels good, just do it. You know, you, you know when you know, if you get that gut feeling that I'm the right person for you. And as powerful as that is, that's called intuitive decision-making. As powerful as that is, that's not enough. Just liking someone isn't enough anymore because there are almost 2 million coaches on Instagram. If you put hashtag online coaching, you'll see there's, there's like 1.8 million hits right now. And a lot of them are using really fancy terminology and telling you to just go with your gut. However, you need to start researching. Okay, what do you need more information about? So let's say that you are interested in making a funnel to funnel people to your lead magnet and then to your low ticket offer for $17 a workshop or something. And then that funnels them into your course and then into your membership and then into your one-on-one. -on -one. So what is it about funnel building that is overwhelming? Is it the mindset? Is it the actual back end technology? Is it the world of Facebook and how do I build up my Facebook page and do all of the things in order that I need to do? So there are various stages of research. So get specific and ask yourself, what do I need more information about? You could just do a brain dump, just write down everything that you need more information about. 
because themes will emerge and you'll get clarity. Yes. All right. So, can, I'll even jump in there a sec because yeah. I'm going through this and I'm thinking, all right, cool. How can I sort of um, share a bit of my experience as well in here too? So I'm thinking um, I'll share sort of my story when I started in the online course world, right? Had an online course, was selling a few of them, needed to sell more courses, right? So that was sort of my goal, right? So I go, all right, you know, how can I sell more courses? And I, I was selling them mainly via um, email at the time, right? So I was like, all right, cool. You know, uh, I need to sell more courses. I'm selling more via email. So, you know, what, what have I got to do to do more? Then I went out and did some research. Well, actually, not even that, sorry. I, from there, I was like, all right, well, I've got to get more emails. That's what I got to do. My goal is to get more email addresses, right? So that already narrowed it down. It's not like, let me go and, you know, find some business coach that does everything or this or that, or it's all mindset. It's like, hey, I need to do a course or, or hire a mentor that can teach me lead generation, right? That was my goal there. From there, that made it so much easier for me to choose, right? Next point, if we go to the research, when it's like, all right, cool, I, I got to get more leads, you know, where can I, where are the different ways I can get leads? Listen to podcasts, jumped on Google, you know, listen to webinars, yada, yada, yada. And back then anyway, and probably still now, but back then, the easiest way to get new leads was via Facebook ads. So from there, I was like, all right, cool, I've got to learn Facebook ads. And I guess that's what we're up to there. W would you say that's, that's the goal on the research there? Yes, absolutely. You want to continue narrowing down to find out exactly what you need. A lot of coaches out there are really, really vague about what they're providing, and they're using a lot of really cool buzzwords and doing income claims, which is fine, but I don't care how much money you make. I want to know if you're able to help me, legitimately help me. Um, and so it's so important, like you said, Jonah, to do your research, not just in one area, get off Instagram, get off Facebook, mm -hmm. you know, go to YouTube, go to Pinterest, go to all the places where you think that you can discover something new and add it to the list and see if it fits in with what you want to accomplish. Just like you said, you wanted to get more emails. Mm -hmm. And as you did your research, you realized, oh, Facebook advertising is definitely the way to go. And that'll lead me into step three, which are weighing the pros and cons. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean just making your standard pros and cons list. Everybody knows about, okay, pros go on one side, that's all the good stuff. Cons go on the other side, that's the crappy stuff. This goes a step further. And what we really are asking when we're looking at pros and cons is how will this decision affect my future? How will this decision affect my future? So you've got a goal. You've got something you want to accomplish. You're doing research to narrow it down. You've got a couple of choices here. Maybe you've found, I don't know, four, four to seven people that you're kind of curious about. Sorry, can I, can I go back to his step, uh, yeah. step, Meg, just to make sure I got it? So let's say the research, is that researching the thing you want to learn or is that researching the mentor? Or is that both in that one research phase? It's going to be both in that one research phase because in order to know what type of mentor specifically you're looking for, you need to know exactly why you're hiring a coach. It can't be, well, I want to start a business and I just, I don't really know. You know, that, that's not enough. In order to make a powerful, potent, personal decision, it actually takes 
some self-awareness and self-leadership specifically. That's very important. Um, it shows a level of maturity when you don't rush and you decide, hmm, I actually don't have enough information to confidently hire someone right now because I don't even know what I want. Once you can lock that down, then you can really start looking at individuals. Does that answer your question? Sort of. So just so I can get my head around this, let's say the, the weighing up the pros and cons stage, am yeah. I weighing up like the pros? So let's say that example before where it's like, great, I know I want to learn Facebook ads. Before I get to weighing up the, or say with the weighing up the pros and the cons, am I weighing up the pros and cons of doing Facebook ads or not doing Facebook ads? Or am I weighing up the pros and cons and being like, hey, I want to do Facebook ads, but I don't know if I want to do it with coach A, B, C, or D. Mm, great question. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that, that stage is going to come next oh, when okay. you're looking at the A, B, C, D. Oh no, that's okay. Right. When you're looking at A, B, C, D about who to hire and where to actually spend your money. So thank you for asking this question so that I have that space to clarify. So when you're looking at those pros and cons and you're asking, how will this decision affect my future? You're really asking, what would happen if I don't hire mm. someone to help me with Facebook ads? Gotcha. What would happen if I try to figure it out on my own? Yep. What would happen if I go on YouTube and just try to find somebody to help me? Okay. What could happen is that you could mess up so bad that your ads account gets shut down. Mm. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to start a second Facebook page just to launch a new set of ads for their brand new Instagram that they messed up the connection. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to stop the whole process because you didn't decide. I, I probably do need to hire someone. So that would be um, a con. We're looking at the con of, wow, okay, if I don't hire... I could royally screw up everything that I have planned. So how could it affect my future if it worked out really well? Okay, well, maybe I would get this many people to sign up for my course per week. And then I would have this much monthly recurring revenue. And that would enable me to invest in the quality of the videos that I'm putting out and to bring guest speakers and guest coaches onto my platform so that I can provide additional value. Wow, okay, I think I probably should hire somebody. Who's it gonna be? That's a whole nother bag of worms. But maybe you decide, hmm, I actually don't even know enough about what to say in the emails. Maybe, maybe I need to back up a step and determine what I'm even gonna say in these emails. Once I have this person who's helping me with Facebook ads, and now I have all these emails, I don't know even what I'm gonna say to these people. So that part is personal, and you can continue to move back and forward between these questions. They're not static. You don't have to go one, two, three, four. You can get to stage three and realize, I'm going to go back to the drawing board and I'm going to work out a couple of other concepts here and see what's best. And this doesn't have to happen in a day or two days. A time period, if you're really serious about transformation and action, I would say give yourself no longer than three weeks to get all this stuff done. No longer than three weeks. Um, did that clear it up? Yes, perfect. Okay, excellent. 
So then the final question to ask yourself at this stage, decisions 101, so we've got goals, what do I want to accomplish? We've got research, what do I need more information about? We've got step three, which is pros and cons, how will this affect my future? And then this is the stage where if people do all three of those, they usually get stumped or stuck or forget about this one. They don't think it's as important. It's very important. It's the evaluation stage. That's step four. That is when you're making an assessment. So that's when you're actually comparing people, Jono. That's when you're actually looking and seeing, hmm, is the cost right for me? What about the time commitment? So I'm gonna explore some concepts that would belong in this category. In order to evaluate something, you need to have criteria, mm. right? It's like the Olympics. It's like anything that's judged. Do I love going out in the world and judging people? No, and nobody likes to be judged. But if I'm going to spend my money on you, I am going to judge you a little bit. No offense. Um, I'm not here to rip anybody apart or any coaching program, but just like home ownership or dating, you don't date someone or marry them just because you like their Instagram TV video. You don't buy a house just because you like a picture that you saw on a virtual tour. That's not the way it works. The word evaluation itself means Something along the lines of, how much do you value what's about to happen, right? The word value is built into the word. How much value are you going to get? So when you're evaluating, what we're really asking ourselves is, what is the cost of inaction? What if I just scrap this whole idea and say, I'm not doing this. What, what could happen? All right, well, you might not hit your goal. So what? What if you don't hit your goal? Is there another way you could hit your goal? And this is where people get stuck because they don't want to talk themselves out of it. They've got their mind dead set. This is what I need right now. Uh, I would say most people don't actually know what they need right now until they really start evaluating, assessing, and in order to do that, you need rational decision-making tools. So I wanted to chat a little bit about what that means in the online coaching world, because essentially you will become a student of the person that you hire. You wanna have an excellent teacher. You want to have someone who teaches in your learning style, first and foremost. So if you are an auditory learner, that means that you learn best by listening. You're that person who has podcasts on constantly while you're cooking, while you're driving, while you're walking the dog, and you're just absorbing and you're learning so much information. There are other people out there who need to have a workbook. They're auditory, yet they're reading and writing learners at the same time. Maybe they're listening to the podcast and they're taking notes in their notebook or typing. For people who are reading and writing learners, workbooks are very important. Also, presentations that include slides. 
I love to learn in the reading and writing style, yet I've hired coaches who were auditory teachers. There were no workbooks. There were no words on anything. And in the end, here I am consuming all this content, hours and hours and hours of me just listening to them talk and just getting sick of them, just sick of their voice. I didn't want to hear it anymore. It wasn't valuable information. I was pissed at myself for hiring this person when clearly on her Instagram page, she's an auditory teacher. It's all IGTVs. There's no captions in any of the stories, right? These are things that should be red flags if you're a reading and writing learner. You don't wanna hire someone who teaches in the auditory learning style only. Now, this isn't, I'm gonna psychically communicate with you through the computer, right? For online courses, we have to speak uh, and be heard and be seen and make ourselves visible. That's a part of it. However, as a course creator, there's gonna be a way that you naturally teach. Don't try to change the way that you teach to please everyone. And I'm sure you've heard that when it comes to niching or yeah, niching down as well, right? If you're speaking to everyone, you're speaking to no one. But it's very important to let your clients know in advance. Hey, I teach in the auditory learning style. I'm not gonna provide too many workbooks for you. So if you're a person who needs workbooks, I might not be the right coach for you. It's extremely important to be that transparent I know you might be worried about losing a client. There are plenty of people online who are going to be the perfect fit. You really want to be attracting clients who are the perfect fit. And in order to do that, you have to let them know the way that you teach. And you need to understand as a consumer of educational online content, how you learn too. That's really, really important. Maybe you're a kinesthetic learner and you cannot sit still for the entire Zoom meeting that you have once a week with your group. Maybe you just can't tolerate a 45 minute or 60 minute training session. You want to look for someone then who maybe does stretching at the beginning of their video. Maybe there's like a, a dance breakdown 10 minutes in and everybody can shake it out and get in their body and like sit back down and chill. This is where you need to come up with your own criteria. And again, if you encounter a coach or a course creator who says, oh, well, I'll just change the way I teach to suit you, that doesn't work. There's a communication breakdown that occurs when we try to teach others in a way that works for them. First of all, we don't know that person inside and out. Nobody even really knows themselves inside and out. So if I were to tell someone that I'm going to teach them in the um, kinetic learning style, uh, I'm not. I don't even know how to do that because I teach in the auditory style and I provide workbooks. So that's something that people are overlooking when they hire a coach. They love this person. Their content is so valuable, but they're not looking at the learning style. So that's pivotal to having a good learning experience. You can think back to maybe your favorite teacher from high school or college or even grade school and why they were your favorite. My favorite professor had an incredible accent, British accent, 
And he used all kinds of really interesting phrases. And I was like, what did he, oh my gosh, like what? Like I just had to keep listening. I had to stay involved because he was so fascinating to me. So you want someone that you find fascinating who also teaches in your learning style. So that's step one when you're in this assessment and evaluation phase. So any questions so far? No, I think that all makes sense. Keep going. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so then other things that you want to consider when you are hiring an online coach are your personal sleep rhythms. Mm. I haven't heard anybody talk about this, but let's say that you hire a coach and they are in a different time zone, completely different time zone. Like Jono and I are at literal opposite sides of the world. It's nighttime where I am. It's like 930 at night. 11 something in Australia the next day you, you know what's funny I don't think you can go any further apart Meg I think if you if I went any further I'd start coming back to Australia again from you I think <laughs> yeah it's so true now the reason that this time works for me to come on as a guest is because I'm a night owl I'm gonna be up to like midnight I'm gonna be reading playing with my dogs maybe practicing a little music if this call was at 8 a.m it wouldn't work for me and so these are things that you need to consider when you're joining a group because community is extremely important, especially when you're learning something new. You want to be able to talk to the members of your community and gather that support in a live setting. It is really nice to go back and reflect and reread re through everything, but the energy of being on a live call with a multitude of people, I mean, it could be five people, it could be 500 people. I don't know how big the community is, right? But if you cannot attend the calls because they happen in the middle of the day and you're homeschooling your kids or maybe it's right Maybe you're in Spain and you have a siesta, you know? It could be many. Hey, yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't want to, um, you want to stick to who you are. And if it's during your siesta time, it's not a good time because that's your siesta time. So you really need to look at something called your sleep chronotype. The sleep chronotype is really fascinating research done by a sleep psychologist. And essentially he categorizes people into four main categories. We could call them like morning people, night people, people who have insomnia <laughs> and people who can just sleep all the time and are just sort of <laughs> Um, they get stuff done, but they kind of go into hibernation phase at times. You're, the PM. you're the PM person, are you? Can I guess? I didn't hear you that well. Uh, you're the PM person? I am, yes. And I've been this way my entire life. I have tried to change it, and it doesn't feel good. It just doesn't. If left to my own devices, I sleep till the same time. It's in the double digits. I get up, I work out, I come home, I have brunch. And then I get to work. I start working, you know, like 2.30 in the afternoon. And I work through evening, make dinner. So for me, calls around 7 p.m., they don't work well. That's when I eat dinner. I eat a late dinner. And this is going to differ from person to person. A lot of coaches don't actually explain during the sales process what time the calls are. They just say it's a group coaching package. We're going to have a call every Tuesday. 
okay, but what time? I need to know the time so that I can decide if this is actually something that I can commit to. Because the more calls you miss, the more disconnected you feel from the program, the less supported you feel from the course creator or the coach or the mentor, the more removed you become from the entire transformational process. And then guess what? You don't even remember your login. You can't find the email anymore that has it. And now you just feel kind of bad and think, hmm, well, they must have been a bad coach. Well, maybe they were a great coach, but the timing didn't work out. And essentially, it's not their job to follow up with you in to such a degree. So that leads me to my next point. Uh, you need to think a lot about the accountability partnership that happens within a coaching program. So personally, I've signed up for membership sites. I've signed up for packages and programs. And on the first day, the coach says, get out there and find yourself an accountability babe. Accountability babe. Okay. How am I supposed to hold someone accountable when I can barely even come to the call? Like, I don't know what I'm doing now. I'm required to do my work and hold you accountable, but we're at the same level. Yeah. That doesn't work for me. Yeah. Some people love that. They make their new bestie. They're their new internet bestie. They crush all their goals together. They're like the maid of honor at the wedding 10 years down the road. You know, I'm not like that. Oh, well, I'll, I, I'll, I'll piggyback off this for a bit. Right. Cause I was listening to Tony Robbins this morning, actually. Right. And he was telling this story where he went on, what's that show? The View. Do you know the show The View? Have you ever watched that? Yeah. yeah. So when he, was, when he was on there as a guest, it was mainly that all the guests were a few pounds overweight. And they were like, hey, you know, we want to get back into shape. So we're going to keep all ourselves accountable. And Tony's like, hey, I don't want to be rude, but it's not going to work because you're all in this, um, this position you're in because of your particular habits, right? If you're keeping yourselves all accountable, you're going to stay in that level there. You know, you need someone above you to keep you accountable. Absolutely. You need that master coach to keep you accountable. Some people need various degrees of accountability. Okay. I've never encountered a coach who took roll call at the beginning of a call. Mm. I would love to be in a program where someone said, Megan, oh, she's not here. Mm, okay. Minus one. Like, this is serious. Like, I need to come to the calls. I paid for this. This is my teacher. How could this work in a course, though? The way it could work is that you lay out the accountability structure in advance, and you let your clients know. They sign a contract with you. And if they do not attend a certain number of calls or complete a certain number of assignments, which you could set up in type form, these assignments, and then the responses would be emailed to them confidentially, if they do not complete their work, they're kicked out of the program, they get their money back, but if they wanna re-enroll with you in the future, they get a discount for a longer, more intense program, okay? And this is for people who are like, dang, I really screwed up, that was a great coach and it was me and she was holding me accountable and I didn't show up, I'm definitely investing in this other program she has now that's more intense with my discount code. Okay, so that could be a great thing to do if you're a person who is like in love with accountability, for example. 
but it's just something you need to look up because sometimes the coach is really, really, really present during the launch phase. They will answer any question you have in the DM. They are making you feel like a million bucks and then you get in there and all of a sudden they don't have time anymore or they have a limited number of hours or you can't get on the calls because they're all booked or you hop on a call with the coach and she or he tells you something and speaks in cliches like just peel the onion babe mm. okay that's extremely frustrating so you need to understand what you're getting into and you can ask the person hey what's your uh, stance on accountability and they'll tell you, oh, I'm going to pair you with an accountability partner. It's going to be amazing. I do it based on interest. And like, if you both like, you know, energy and ascension. Uh, okay, great. Like, and now you have that piece of information and you're armed with that information. If that works for you, fantastic. Maybe you need that person in your life. If the person comes back and says, no, 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 I'm the master coach. There is no accountability partnership in my coaching program, you could say, well, how do you plan to hold me accountable? They might say, oh, well, you'll need to uh, purchase the VIP membership and it's an extra X, Y, Z. Maybe you have that money sitting around or you're ready to invest. Maybe not, but you don't want it to be a surprise. So again, remember, you are the one with the hiring power. If you were an employer, and you were bringing someone onto your team, depending on your career field, you might really drill them and really go deep about their level of expertise and what they're gonna bring to the company. Even if you are a solopreneur, which don't get me started on all the buzzwords, but even if you're working independently and you don't have staff, you are the employer because you are paying somebody else something. So assume that alpha energy, right? And remember, they don't know who you are. They don't know what you're capable of. They don't know your education level. They don't know how much money you have made, how much is in your bank account. They don't, and, and those things don't really matter anyway. It doesn't mean just because you have a million bucks in your bank account and you have six doctorates that you are better than somebody else. It doesn't mean that at all. But just remember that if you're feeling less than and not equal to your coach, um, you are equals and you have the right to ask pertinent questions that are important to you. So one of those questions or things to look for are gonna be about shared values. So let's say everything's going really well so far. They've answered your questions, you're happy with the answers, and you're ready to invest. You're pretty darn close. Now let's say you get into that coaching program and the person cracks a joke that really, really offends you. And you're like, oh my God, what did I do? I can't work with this person anymore. We don't have the same values. Okay. Shit, I just spent, part of my friend, $12,000 and I don't like this person and it's a serious character flaw that I can't get past. Other people aren't even gonna notice that joke. They're gonna like ha ha it off and 
this is serious. This is where we really start to doubt our decision-making capabilities when we invest a large sum of money into a package or program. And once we're behind closed doors, the person is now a different person. It's not that they were a different, that they're a different person. No one says, oh, this is my sales persona and this is my teacher persona. What happens is that behind closed doors, now you get to know them on a more intimate level and their true colors start to emerge. And it's important to discover what values are meaningful to you. So in my free guide, How to Choose an Online Coach, which is an interactive PDF that you can use over and over and over again, or print, there's a list of 50 value words that you can just check the box. You wanna look for some of these words in their content. You wanna watch some of their IGTV, some of their IG lives. If they don't have that kind of stuff, you can ask them, hey, I'm just wondering, uh, I'm thinking about investing in your program. What values are important to you? But if you're selling a program, it's really important to let people know your values. And go a little bit deeper than, I'm a stay-at-home dog mom who loves to cook and garden and I eat organic food and work out and go vegan two days a week. Okay, that's awesome, but are you vegan two days a week because you care about justice, because you care about the environment? Are you passionate about um, health or reducing your carbon footprint? Are you loyal? There's so many things in there to look past and to really become inquisitive about. So other value words include things like challenge. Some people love a challenge. Some people shy away from a challenge because they're not competitive and they're like, ew, like, what? Like, I'm not doing that. This is stupid, right? Um, citizenship. There are online coaches out there who say, you should have a second stream of income so that you can have more money to donate to your community and you can become a better citizen in your area. You could do something really great with that, right? And, and they're looking for people who are going to engage in acts of positive citizenship and use what they learned in the course to bring that into their community. This stuff goes really deep. This is, we're like probing a little bit deeper now, right? So I'm just gonna tell you a few other value words. I'm not gonna read through the whole list of 50, but we're looking at like respect, responsibility, beauty, balance, um, humor. Do you need someone who's gonna make you laugh and say some really crazy stuff sometimes? Or is that not important to you? Would that come off as unprofessional? So when you're selling something, you want your client to be able to make an informed decision. So you need to tell them what time the calls are gonna be, how you teach. I teach to people in this learning style. If you're not in that learning style, let's have a discovery call about it because this is how I do it. These are my values. This is what's important to me and why. So you wanna make sure that you're aligned in that respect. Um, and that includes using your own personal strengths. There's something to be said for becoming a stronger individual, 
emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally. However, using your strengths every day in new ways is really, really important because it builds confidence and those things probably just come easily to you. But making decisions based on your personal strengths requires self-awareness and it requires a certain level of maturity. And as coaches, I think we're all out here trying to help people. At the end of the day, we're trying to help people, right? You could say, well, I'm gonna help you by selling you my course. And you can find out everything like how it's gonna help you inside of it. That doesn't help me right now. That doesn't help me decide anything. I would really respect a coach a lot more if they said, hey, have you ever hired a coach before? Have you ever joined a program before? I said, no. Okay, well then let's, let's talk through some things. And if I'm not the right fit for you, I want us to both be able to decide together that we're doing this or we're not doing it, right? Not taking clients just to get the money and hopefully have them transform. I really need to investigate because a lot of people, a lot of people are buying courses that are too complicated for where they are currently. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a huge issue. And for example, you wanna start an online business. So you join a membership site and it's all about branding and marketing, marketing your product. Awesome, fantastic. So what's your product? Mm. Well, I'm still putting that part together. Mm. Okay, but in my membership site, there is a module about course creation. Okay, just one module, just 34 minutes about course creation and the rest of the whole membership is about branding and marketing. So we really need to pause and reflect and be honest with ourselves about where we are. Branding and marketing will be important later. And honestly, there are some people who are crushing it who don't really have an organized looking Instagram feed or the branding and marketing on point or even a website. There's people who are running their whole business off DM and PayPal and their Facebook group. And it's going amazing. So just remember, you don't have to do it like anybody else, but don't hire someone who's too advanced for where you are. Yes. Uh, it's like, go ahead. No, I was, I was no, going to agree with you. Yeah, it's like hiring a music teacher who is like light years ahead of you and they're trying to explain all this stuff and you literally don't even know how to hold the, hold the thing. Mm. You don't even know how to put the read on the damn thing or pick it up. Yes, or if you're, if you're not a music person, you know, maybe you want to learn martial arts and you just want to learn how to throw a punch and the instructor's trying to get you to, to uh, have a, a fight, you know? Exactly, yeah. You want to make sure that they're teaching at your level. And you want to avoid words that trigger you. Mm. There are going to be words out there, marketing terms and phrases that really annoy you. And if your coach is using them, don't hire that person. So for example, there's a lot of posts about morning routines and about how you're going to fail at life unless your morning is on point. Morning is at a different time of day for every person. Mm. Every person has a different biological clock and circadian rhythm waking up and praying to my lemon water and like doing this and that in the morning might work really well for you. And it might not work for me, but I don't want to hire a coach who's like, okay, everyone, we're going to have our morning session at seven 30, blah, blah, blah. 
that annoys me. I'm not going to participate. People who use the word tribe, that could trigger. <laughs> right? I'm not in your tribe. We're not part of a tribe. We're just in a coaching community. It's all good. I don't want to be in your tribe. But thank you. I love your other stuff. I love everything about you. But I don't want to be in your tribe. There is somebody else then who's going to be perfect. Mm. Uh, income Meg, claims. Meg, sorry. I was going to just um, cut there. I want to be sensitive of your time. Um, and, and I know you've got your guide as well, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. There's a guide that everybody can grab um, at thecoachadvisor.com. It's a totally free guide. It's a workbook. It's interactive. You can use it over and over and over again. And it's going to have some coaching assessment forms at the back where you can compare and contrast coaches with some really important questions to ask when you're hiring someone. Yes. And if you, so if you're watching on Facebook now, just comment Meg down below and me or Meg will get that over to you. If you're listening uh, on the podcast, Meg, I'll get that link off you and we'll put it in the show notes. So if you're listening on the podcast, just check the show notes. You'll, you'll see it there. Uh, Meg, we've got about two minutes. Is there anything you wanted to finish us off with? Or if there, is there anything you, you wanted to, um, anything I should have asked but didn't that you can cover in two minutes or less? Well, I know we've covered a lot of information today. And I just want to leave you with a reminder to not rush this process. If you sign up for a coach today and it's the wrong person, it, it's better that you wait and you do your research and you really think things through and you sign up for a program when you're ready. Because ready is a, ready is a decision. Ready is not a feeling. Preparedness is key. You wouldn't come home from the hospital with a new baby without any baby stuff, right? You could but it like might not go that well. You'd be really stressed out. So preparedness is of the utmost importance. And you want to be armed with the knowledge that you need and the criteria that's important to you. And don't be afraid to ask these people questions and to interview them. Mm. Yes, I agree 100%, especially with the questioning side of things. You know, it can get very easy sometimes to uh, and also, I guess a, a good salesperson will almost put you in that position, right? Where you need to sort of justify yourself why you should hire that coach. But really, as Meg said, it should be the other way around, right? Or it can be the other way around. So don't be scared to say, hey, you know, why should I, why should I hire you? You know, what's yeah. uh, the, 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 all the questions that I'm sure are in Meg's checklist as well. Don't be scared to ask them. Yeah, you want to put them in the hot seat a little bit and, you know, avoid people who trigger you. Avoid people who don't teach in your learning style and avoid making decisions from a purely intuitive place and use rational tools for balance. Yes, agree. Well, Mel, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much for your, for your time. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends and don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for more free resources on how to sell more of your online courses.